according to new research, uh, the world would consume twice as many species living in the water, seafood to be exact, by 2050. Uh, Dr. Rashid Samalia is a UBC professor at the Institute for Oceans and Fisheries, joins the show to talk about it. Welcome to the program. Good to have you along. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. You know, I was reading this article about the research and the increase in demand for you know seafood in the uh, coming decades. Uh, what are why are seafood? Why exactly is seafood referred to as blue foods? Can you tell us what why that is? Yeah, you know, when, when you when you say seafood, people think of the sea and the fish that comes from the ocean. But we also have fish coming from from. And rivers and lakes and 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 and, and water freshwater systems inland, right? So we wanted to be comprehensive. So all the fish and fish-like food that we get from 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 the ocean and freshwater systems are considered uh, blue food, and this can be wild or farmed. So it's just a comprehensive te- terminology to capture all that is fish that we eat. So why are we expecting the world to consume more blue food in the uh, coming decade and a half? Yeah, three, two, two main sources of this. One is population growth. Populations are growing, especially in the developing parts of the world. And in general, people need food, right? Everybody needs food. My philosophy professor will make a joke and say, even philosophers need food, right? So there's going to be demand coming out of population growth automatically. And then there is increasing demand. I mean, parts of the world, the incomes are rising. Asia is the big one, right? In China, the incomes are going up. And people like to eat healthy food and, and fish, the micronutrients. And there's more nourishment with fish than, say, beef, according to doctors, right? So you are going to get increasing demand because of increasing income around the world. Two sources, mainly. So I understand that uh, experts like yourself are looking at ways that we can make sure that we can ser- conserve uh, the the fish that we already have, the stocks, the blue food that are already there. How do we how do we make sure we manage these safely in order to make sure that there's enough to go around and to continue on, so we don't overfish? Yeah, beautiful question because this is a huge challenge for humanity, and we need to find a way to do this. We need to find, I actually have a book which is coming out tomorrow, and the title is Infinity Fish. That is, how do we make sure that we continue to get nourishment from our fishery systems two times, not only for us, for our grandchildren and their own grandchildren. So that's Infinity Fish. And to get this, you really need to put structures and systems in place to be able to make it sustainable. Number one, at the moment, many fish stocks are overfished. So we need to rebuild. We did a paper uh, where we looked at three stocks on both East and West, West Canada, the coast, and we, we showed the economics, how rebuilding will give us more food and more values. So we need to rebuild. Number two, we need to bring in agriculture in a very clever, sensible way. Agriculture that increases food production for people rather than the one that, like tuna, if you farm tuna, you need about 10 times 10 kilograms to produce one kilogram of tuna. That is crazy. That will not add food to not solve our problem. But if you do the freshwater fishes, yeah, they are vegetarian. They don't need fish meat. So we need to do clever agriculture. We need to rebuild. And then actually, some of us may have to just reduce our fish intake. The parts of the world that are rich and have very many sources of food, 
I think we should we should reduce and then allow the parts of the world that are really struggling. We have parts in Africa, Southeast Asia, where people need some fish to to, to, to make have a healthy diet. They should be able to to actually get some more fish, you know. So there's a variety of these solutions. It's a basket of things. There's no one single solution here. Uh, we need to, to think long term also. I'll tell you, I had a neighbor across the road that went up north in Ontario this year and brought back some walleye that he caught. It was the best fish I have had in a long time. I would happily have that freshwater fish over a piece of tuna any day of the week. It's absolutely delicious. Do we need to start working on campaigns to inform us of uh, freshwater fish um, to to make us kind of get an appetite for this fish that's more sustainable? Fantastic. I mean, it's and, and whenever you try it, just like you did, I mean, it's wonderful. And that is, yeah, we need some campaigns uh, to do that, freshwater fish. We also need campaigns. You just reminded me. You know, we don't like eating things like anchovies and sardines, especially in North America, right? There's lots of anchovies. You know what we do with the bulk of it? We ground it up and mm-hmm. feed pigs and other fish. This is, we need campaigns to let people know that, look, anchovies are really good fish. They're healthier, actually, than the tunas, right? Like you said. So, yes, we need also to divert, change our taste. And people are good. We are good at changing our taste, right? Something you are not used to, just give it a try. One, two, three times, and it becomes a thing. So, yes, campaigns are good for the kinds of fish that are plentiful, that grow very fast. And, and in the freshwater system, and even in the, in the in the wild ocean, and that will help us actually meet our food and, and its nourishment needs without taking down our ocean systems and our water systems, which will be catastrophic. You know, we can end up with a dead ocean, right? You don't want that, for goodness sake. We have it's to a- have an ocean team in with life so it can continue to support us. It's actually a terrifying thought, uh, a dead ocean. That would be just, uh, when we talk about sustainability and uh, fishing, it largely does surround oceans. But I guess this is bigger than uh, an ocean problem. As you mentioned, it's a freshwater problem as well. How could that be, uh, sustainable fishing, be helpful when addressing climate change? Can it be? Oh, it can be. I actually have we, I have a group. We have a group of scientists who are really looking at this in various ways. I I like to say that you know, fish are like people. I hope the the, the speakers are not bothering you. I'm at the airport. Don't give fish a bad so, name now. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. The the fish are actually is the more fish we live in the ocean, the more sequestration we have, and that means we are not burning carbon running around in the ice chasing fish to catch, you know. So yes, a healthy ocean full of life is also climate action. And there's evidence coming again and again. Like bottom trawlers, when they hit the fish, the, the, the sea floor, they release carbon, which then goes to aggravate climate change. So fish are like people. If you are in good shape and you get hit by climate change or ocean acidification, you are likely to survive than if you are you're already on your knees, right? It's like COVID. We know that if you have many other uh, health issues and you are hit by it, your chances are smaller. So, yes, let's fish wisely, sustainably, keep a healthy ocean, and that will also help with climate, uh, climate mitigation. Can sustainable fishing also help with the environmental footprint overall, like the, your carbon footprint? 
Oh yes, that, that's exactly it. You know, when you when you, at the moment uh, estimates are that we we chase the fish with two and a half times the fishing capacity that is needed to fish sustainable. So think about that, two point five times. So everything being equal, we are pumping out through our fishing vessels two and a half times what we really need to catch the fish sustainable. This is big waste and creating, contributing to, to more CO2 in the atmosphere and actually aggravating our problems. Absolutely. Yeah. So how do we move away from traditional uh, you know, fishing? There are people that have built their livelihoods on it. How do you bring them in with government incentives to fish differently? Yeah. So here, and this is something as an economist, I think about that a lot, right? I mean, this is people's livelihood. So we need to be creative. You know, there's uh, subsidies. Our governments actually give quite a bit of money to support the fisheries sector. And some of those subsidies are harmful. And the World Trade Organization is actually negotiating how to take away these harmful subsidies or redirect them. So that is a source of money. You know, we have, we have submitted a paper where we calculated for a number of countries the subsidies that the government gives for the fishers to go deeper and further and chasing the last fish. If they turn that money around and use it creatively, for example, the Germans are talking about paying fishers to go catch plastic rather than catch fish, which is not there, right? So, so you pay them, they get their livelihood. We are all happy. We love people to live, to have the good livelihood. Then they go clean up the ocean by catching plastic. They give the, the, the fish a break. They, they, they come more for us, right, later. And they clean the ocean. This I call win, win, win. And these are the kind of really clever thinking our management system, our societies need to bring into play in order to help us sustain our fisheries. So we continue to get infinity fish. It's interesting that you bring that up because I was reading an article and we've reached out to the group that has devised something called a Jenny, which is basically just a trawler. And they're taking um, hundreds of thousands of pounds of plastic out of the ocean right now. And they're, you know, somebody that was fishing said, well, you just, <laughs> that's fishing. You're just fishing for plastic. That's, that's trawling. Uh, so it's interesting that you can teach somebody, you know, take someone that has already the existing uh, ability to do that and know how and just tell them to fish for something different and they'll still make money. And in that case, clean up the ocean and, you know, add to, you know, helping out the health of the ocean. Before I let you go, the Marine Stewardship Council has this uh, blue fish logo that you can see on fish packaging when you buy that product. Why is that so important that we look for that blue fish logo when we're at the grocery store? Yeah, you know, for those kind of logos, the goal, the main goal is to help to, to get us engaged consumers, to be able to actually contribute to sustainability. So certificates like that, that are really well done, if the, if the system they put in place is working very well, it's really can be very helpful, right? Because then as a consumer, you go in there, you see a label that tells you, oh, this fish you are taking comes from a sustainable system. Then, then you know you are contributing to sustainability rather than buying fish that is illegally caught in a, in a polluted place and in a depleted system. My God, you stay away from that. And in that way, cons- consumers ourselves can contribute. And we need contribution at all scales, at the individual scale, companies, NGOs, and governments. So, yeah, that is one possible contribution to our solution. They just need to be done very well in, in terms of 
ensuring that when they say it's sustainable, it is truly sustainable. You know, that's I have to put in that caveat. But it's a good, it's a good scheme. Dr. Rashid, the the problem with the ocean right now, it seems uh, very, I mean, the ocean is vast at the the best of times. Some people actually have phobias about going into the ocean because it's so huge and it's hard to even comprehend the size of it. Uh, The fact that it is under threat right now uh, and we can do something by buying smartly at the grocery store, it's a comforting thought. And hopefully uh, you joining us on the show has kind of provided some, some wisdom where people may have not been aware they needed it. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. This is beautiful, right? Because we've got to get the news and information to our populations and leaders, right? So thank you. Good stuff. Dr. Somalia, thank you very much. Have yourself a great day. He is uh, Dr. Rashid, yeah. is from the UBC uh, professor at the Institute for Oceans and Fisheries.